Hey, welcome to ACF Church, and we're so glad that you're with us watching this message online. And our hope is that it would encourage you to be more like Jesus and walk closely with Him as an apprentice of Christ. And our hope is to give away all of these resources for free as much as possible. It takes a lot of time and energy and people to make that happen. And if you'd like to support the mission of God financially for ACF Church, you can go to acfak.org and you can give there. Now enjoy the Word of God proclaimed. ACF is a community of the churched, unchurched, and de-churched who work to see lost people found, found people grow, growing people trained, and trained people mobilized. No man or woman centers us, but Jesus is at the center of our community. We're a generous family, living together authentically, on mission, for the sake of the lost. We reject superficial relationships and choose to know others and be deeply known. We speak up about our faith and our church often because time is short and eternity is long. by the Holy Spirit in ways we may have previously been uncomfortable with because we want to experience everything God has for us. Moving forward into 2022, we step boldly onto the field of battle, not with a sword, but with a towel and a basin. As a church family, will honor this sacred moment in time entrusted to us by God Himself. Living fully engaged with our church family, fully awake to the leading of God, and fully invested in seeing it be in Alaska as it is in heaven. Come on, let's celebrate that today. So good. Man, I don't know how you guys don't jump out of your seat because that's a lot of lives transformed. I am so excited about what God's doing in this house and through this community. Uh, if you're with us online, we love you. We're thankful for you as well. And if we've never met, my name is Brian, and we're thrilled that you're here if you're brand new to ACF. But we are just so excited about all the great things that God has done over this past year. We just had Christmas Eve, and we had 2,569 people in this space. So let's celebrate that. Yeah. And not only that, that was a great thing just to gather around. That's, that's almost, uh, I think it's actually over 7% of our city was in this room hearing the good news of Jesus. But on top of that, and on top of the number that was on that uh, video, we also had 128 people give their hearts to Jesus. So let's celebrate that life transformation here as well. 
And if you're here today, and maybe you're one of those 128, we're honored that you would be here, that you'd come back, and we're really excited about this new opportunity you have to step forward in your faith. Uh, there's just so much coming up this next year. I don't have time to share um, all of it, but I just I promise you, God is preparing us for some incredible things. Many of you know we are partners with Compassion International, and if you don't know anything about Compassion, they um, help give uh, financial assistance and food and uh, uh, biblical training to children in impoverished countries. And so we've had a partnership in uh, Bobo Dioloso, Burkina Faso for a, a few years now. And we actually currently have over 400 children that you guys are sponsoring in Burkina Faso in one of the most impoverished areas in the entire world. And this has just been incredible. Uh, but here's kind of the big news for us as a church is that in 2022, ACF Church is going to Cusco, Peru. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, we can celebrate that. Amen. This is a new location, a new opportunity for us to just share the good news of Jesus and to reach into people's lives in really practical ways. And uh, what's going to happen is that uh, we're actually going to do some trips. We're really excited about that. Uh, in, in Bobo, we haven't been able to go there because of the security issues that have happened there over the past couple of years. But um, ACF is going to Peru. And some of you are going to go financially. You're going to be sending your love through the way that you support these kids. And others of you will actually go physically there at some point. You'll get to meet the child that you sponsor through Compassion. In fact, our staff, we have sponsored a little boy named Emmanuel, and he lives in Kenya. And a few years ago, I was actually able to meet Emmanuel, get a picture with him, hang out with him a little bit, and uh, just spend time with this little boy, getting to know him. And, and so we're really excited about the potential here in Cusco, Peru, uh, and the needs that we're going to be able to meet there through your generosity. We're hoping to sponsor over 300 kids. And uh, in fact, Compassion Week is happening January 26th and 30th. And so maybe you pull out your phone, make a reminder for yourself, don't miss church on that week. It's going to be awesome. We're really excited about what we have to share for that. But as we walk into the conversation today, I think we should pray. How about that? Starting into this new year, I think it's important that we pray. And so would you bow your heads and maybe open your hands in front of you just as a symbol of being open to God speaking to you here today. God, thank you so much that you're here. Father, we need a moment with you. God, we know we can do nothing of value apart from you. So God, would you meet us in this space? Would you be here? God, we need vision. We need a purpose. We need a reason to move forward. And Father, we know that you are that reason. Give us clarity today. Convict our hearts where we need conviction. Father, I pray you'd encourage the person here who just needs your encouragement. God, I pray the person who's here and doesn't even believe that you're real, God, that you would make yourself known to them in a very tangible way today. Father, speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, today we're talking about last words, and as we come out of one year into the next, uh, these are kind of some words that I had for you as we are kind of between series. Next week, we're going to start a brand new series called Search History, which is going to be awesome. So we're excited about that, but this week, I thought, what are some things that we could talk about? Maybe almost some last words for 2021 leading into uh, 2022. And I actually was doing a little research on last words. In fact, a lot of people's last words, words are recorded, some famous people's last words. And honestly, sometimes our last words are a little ironic. And so uh, I thought these were some pretty ironic last words. Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, his last words were, don't worry, they usually don't swim backwards. 
you know the story, you can, you can search it later. You're like, I don't get it. Just Google it. So a uh, comedian from the 50s, Groucho Marx, his last words were, this is no way to live. A little irony there. This was interesting. Steve Jobs, his last words were, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. Which makes you wonder, what was he looking at? Those last moments as he steps from one world into the next. And I was thinking as we move forward into this next year, what are some words to live by? What are some statements that we can focus on as a church family? And, and you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about is who we're becoming. And a lot of what we talk about is not just what we do. We give, you, give us a lot of ways to apply our faith, but really, who is God making us into? Who are we becoming as a church family? And so as you hear about ministries at ACF, what you need to know is those ministries really are meant to grow you. The whole purpose of what we do is not just to, to kind of build a church or build a ministry, but we want to give each of us an opportunity to be part of the kingdom work that God is doing in our community. And so one of our philosophies is simply this, that we don't use people to build ministries. We use ministries to build people. So our goal is not just to kind of build ministries, but to actually engage you with the kingdom work of, of God right here in this community and to build you up. In fact, sometimes we'll even choose uh, ways to do things that are a little less practical and streamlined so we can get as many people involved as possible. In fact, for the fireworks show that we just had, which was awesome, by the way, if you experienced that, uh, got to light up Eagle River for about 10 minutes. Uh, that was just an awesome opportunity for you to serve. And so if you were part of that, thank you. Thank you for stepping out and loving people and holding signs that said, we love Eagle River and doing crowd control and lighting fire pits and just creating a space for people to feel loved. But that is our mission is really to help all of us to engage in the calling that God has placed in our lives. And so I want to give you basically some words to live by. Really a, a, a bit of vision for this next year. I know this time of year, a lot of people are going, you know, these are my words I'm focusing on for the next year. Or these are my goals for the next year. And maybe you're here today and you're like, Brian, I don't have goals. I don't have much vision. I'm not sure what my next year is, is going to hold. And so I want, to, I want to give us as a church family some words to live by. And in fact, uh, earlier this year, I got back some, from some vacation in the fall, and I came back with some words. And I came back with what I've called like an ACF manifesto. And, and it's just a, a combination of things that we've talked about as a leadership team, things that we've been dreaming about. But really, it comes, comes down to who we are becoming as a church family. That's what that video was, was language from that. Just these are some things, some guardrails for us as a church, for where we're going together as we move forward. And so these aren't just little catchy phrases for no purpose. They're really, I think, some of the most important things that we can come back to this year so that we know who we're becoming. And when you know who you are, when you know who you're becoming, you'll know what to do in all of the many decisions that you're going to make over the next 12 months. And so let's get into it. The first one was this. It said, no man or woman centers us. But Jesus is at the center of our community. Amen to that, huh? Amen that Jesus is the center, that there is not a man or woman at the center of this. Matthew 21, verse 42 says, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. So a cornerstone, if you don't know what it is, is typically the strongest and most important stone in a structure. 
And if you've done any bricklaying, you know that when you lay brick or you lay tile, the first tile is the most important one. It's the one that you measure all the other bricks or tiles off of. And that's who Jesus is. And Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. He is the one that we measure everything else off of. And and he's speaking to this Jewish audience that was not recognizing him as the Messiah. They expected someone different, a military leader, someone to come in force and in, in power. And Jesus shows up as a suffering servant born in a manger as we just celebrated. This was not how they expected the Messiah to show up. And so they were missing Jesus. Imagine that. Jesus is right in front of your eyes and you're missing him. So he's the cornerstone of the church. And, and as the cornerstone, he actually became a stumbling block to the religious. A little play on words there. The cornerstone becomes a stumbling block. They're literally stumbling over Jesus to get to someone else or something else. And just as they were tempted to do that, we are as well today. I don't know if you know this, but the church, I think the church in general, if not especially the church in America, can find ourselves being very human-centric instead of Jesus-centric, very focused on a person or, or group of people. And this is not what we're doing as a church community. And it's something that I am extremely dedicated to. So it's why you won't know always who's going to be up here teaching on a Sunday morning. Uh, It might be somebody else. It might be me. But we have a teaching team at ACF, and it is great because each person on the teaching team, they they actually give a different perspective. They have different ways of seeing the Word of God, ways of explaining Scripture that I don't have. And so what you need are different voices in your life. And so we have people that come together to teach the word. I, as a pastor, take time off. There's times where you won't know where Pastor Brian's at. And that's a good thing because you don't, you don't need to know that like I'm here or I'm not here. You're just here for the community of God. You're here to grow and to hear the word. And that's always going to happen. I'll tell you that. You're always going to hear from G- about Jesus. You're always going to hear uh, from the word of God. And, and we're always going to worship together. And so those things will never change here in this community. And so I just want you to be aware of that. Sometimes we can become very focused on a person instead of focused on Jesus. And, and maybe for you, it's not a pastor. Maybe it's a human being. Maybe it's that relationship, that guy or girl that tends to consume your thoughts. Um, but I just want you to know that they are not enough for you. They're just not. In fact, a few years ago, my wife and I, we were in the bathroom brushing our teeth and we were kind of struggling through some things and she looked over me and that's literally what she said. She said, honey, I figured something out. And I was like, what's that? She said, I figured out that you're not enough for me, which is what every husband wants to hear, right? So I was like, I don't know what to do with that. Is that a compliment or an insult? She goes, no, no, this is really important that I think I'd I'd maybe put you up on a pedestal or, or maybe expected you to be things for me that you can't. Because you're a flawed human being. You're never going to be what I need you to be. Only Jesus can be what I need. And that's the truth for you as well. No other man or woman will ever be enough for you. And let me tell you this. If you try to get a human being to fulfill you, you will always destroy the relationship. It will destroy, and it will destroy them. No human being can carry the weight of God. They were, we were never meant to be worshipped. And when human beings get worshipped, it destroys us. It tears us down. And so I'm always trying to be as human as possible from up here. Um, I, I share stories of my failures. 
Um, in fact, there was, there was one time I shared some story about something I'd done, and a friend of mine was like, yeah, I invited a friend of mine to church that week. They were, you know, typically going to a different church, and they were like, I can't go to a church like that. That pastor's a jerk. And I was like, well, perfect. So that's what I like to do, is to take myself down off the pedestal, and sometimes you're going to be like, oh, he's a little too human for me, and if that's how you feel, I've been successful. So the reality is I'm on a journey with you, and I'm trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus along with you, and God knows I need grace along with you. So that is that. Let's keep moving forward. Number two is this. We reject superficial relationships and choose to know others and be deeply known. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. I always go straight Mr. T when I read this. Pity the fool. Pity the fool who falls down and has no one to help them up. If you're under the age of 20, you're going to have to Google Mr. T. Mr. T. Yeah, look it up. So this is huge, is that we need people in our lives, right? We need other human beings that know us. And whether you knew it or not this morning, your deepest need inside of you is to be fully known and fully loved. Your deepest need is to be fully known and fully loved, that somebody would know who you are with all the mistakes and all the problems, all the things that you've done, and still love you. Because guess what? That's what God does. God, we said this before. God knew what he was buying on the cross. Okay? It wasn't a bait and switch. He wasn't like, oh, I'm going to die for Brian. Wait, no, he's pretty screwed up. No, God knew what he was buying on the cross. It's very clear. And so when I do something, when I make a mistake or when I act in a way that doesn't honor God, he's never surprised by that. He always knew that was coming and that has always been paid for. And so the truth is God loves us that way in a perfect kind of love. But many of you show up to church and you're like, can another human being love me just a little bit like that? And the answer is yes. Yes, there are people in this room that, would, that will love you just like that. And it, it will be imperfect, right? Because none of us are perfect. But we can love one another with that kind of acceptance. But you're never going to know unless you make yourself known. If you show up to here to church and you sit there and you're just like, I'm just going to wait until someone says hi to me. And I'm going to wait until someone drags me to a small group. And I'm going to wait until somebody may... No, no, don't do that. Because you're going you're gonna to wait, you're going to wait, you're going to wait. And then you're, you're not going to be happy. But if you show up here and you're ready to put yourself out there and go, man, I'm going to shake somebody's hand after church today. I'm not just going to go rushing out the door. I'm going to say hi to somebody. I'm going to go to the welcome table and find a group to be a part of. I'm going to engage myself and put myself out there. I promise you that you will experience acceptance in your heart and a sense of community here like you've never experienced it before. So I want to encourage you to do that, that we want to reject superficial relationships. I had a friend a few years ago that I was just kind of getting to know him and he was a really busy guy. He owned a business and he was constantly moving and moving and doing different things and he just didn't have a whole lot of extra time. And so we'd spend a little time together and he sat down with me one day and he's like, hey man, I have a question. I was like, what? And he's like, where's this relationship going? Which it was kind of, it was like a DTR, determine the relationship conversation with a, with a dude. And I'm like, I've never done this before, but he was like, where's this relationship going? I'm like, I, I thought we were just getting coffee. I don't know. Like I'm just hanging out. And he said this, he said, you know what? I don't have a whole lot of time for superficial relationships. And so either we're going to get to know one another or I'm going to move on. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty intense. But I leaned in because I'm like, awesome, man. Let's get real. Let's get honest. Let's do this thing. 
And, and that's the truth of you. You don't have an infinite amount of time. You have a limited amount of time. So with the time that you have, with the people that you have in your life, would you be honest with them? Would you be real with them? I am so sick of superficiality. Aren't you just sick of fake? Don't you want something real in 2022 in your relationships with God himself? I want something real. That means you got to be honest. You got to put yourself out there once in a while. You got to trust that although maybe you've been wounded and maybe somebody didn't love you like Jesus, and, and I'm sorry that maybe that happened. There are other people who will. And in their own broken way that you can experience God in a deeper way as you begin to experience his people. And I promise you that, that that is a opportunity for you. I want to be real with each other. I want to be real with God. I mean, what if we could just be real with God this morning about our, our, our questions? We talked Christmas Eve about our doubts. What if you could be real about your doubts? And what if God could still even love you there? What if even as, as we're opening the Bible this morning, you could be real and acknowledge that there's part of the Bible that offends you? I mean, if you read the Bible, it's going to offend you. If you've never been offended by the Bible, you are not reading the Bible, I promise you. You are not understanding what it has to say, which means as I preach, I will offend you, okay? So buckle up. If you're going to be here for any amount of time, I will offend you because as we get into the Word of God, it's going to grind up against our natural tendencies, and it's going to feel offensive sometimes, and we're going to have to deal with our souls. But that's, you guys, listen, we are dedicated to being an authentic community as a church. And so if you're here and you're like, man, I just kind of want a place to get comfortable. I want them to get up and cheer me on. 2022 is going to be your, yes, your best year ever. I don't know that, so I'm not going to tell you that. 2020 year may be the year that you blow it, you know, that you don't follow Jesus, that you choose to walk away from the best things in your life. But if you stay tethered to God and his family, it will be the best year of your life. So that's my promise to you. You're like, this sermon sucks. That's fine. It's going to keep going. It's going to get better from here. Number three. Number three. You can find that sermon online somewhere here today, but I'm just not going to preach that one. So um, number three is this. We seek to be empowered by the Holy Spirit in ways we may have previously been uncomfortable with. Romans 8, 11 says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Here's what we believe. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you are part of those 128 people who said you want to follow Jesus on Christmas Eve, then we believe that God lives in you. And this is incredible. Like maybe this has been minimized for you depending on your church background, but we really believe that the same God the Spirit of God lives in you. The same God that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of every believer, and that should change everything. I mean, that's the power that you need to change. That's the power that you need to impact somebody else's life for the better. You don't have it in you on your own. We need the Holy Spirit. And what's happening that's really cool right now that I've noticed is there's almost this resurgence in the church for an excitement about the power of the Holy Spirit. I've seen this over the past few years that I don't know if it's COVID or just recession stuff or work problems, but people are like, we need some Holy Spirit right now. Like, I think, I think we need something that's bigger than us. There's like this desire, we, this, this feeling, I think, in a lot of Christians of like, man, if the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in the church, there should be some supernatural things that happen sometimes. 
There should be incre- like some miraculous things that begin to happen sometimes if that power is there. And I know some of you, when I start talking Holy Spirit, you start shifting in your seat, right? Because I don't know what your church background is. And, and maybe you're a little more conservative and some of you are full on, you know, charismatic and you're like, bring me the tongues, Brian. Like I want to be full on speaking in tongues in church. And like, in the end, we're not chasing some kind of emotional experience. What we want to do is submit fully to the power of the Spirit in our lives which means that our prayer in 2022 should be simply this. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Maybe as you wake up tomorrow morning, you get on your knees. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you haven't done that since you were 10 years old, and and, and 2022 is going to push you to do that. But you get on your knees, and you just say, Holy Spirit, come. I need the power of God in my life today. Not for tomorrow, not for yesterday, but just enough for today. And, And I believe that there are some dreams that God's placing in you and placing in our church this year that are going to demand that we go to the power of the Spirit. And we've said this before, that if your dreams aren't, are big enough for you to accomplish on your own, you need some bigger dreams. Like if you don't need the Holy Spirit, it's time, if you're like, my dream next year, 2022, is lose five pounds, right? Well, that's good, lose five pounds, but you need a bigger dream than just lose five pounds. Maybe God's going to place something else in you, something greater in you, that you're going to be really depending on the power of the Spirit to move you forward. And why else do we need the power of the Holy Spirit? Because the battle rages, friends. There is a spiritual battle. We talked all about it in our hunted series, that you are being hunted by a real devil, that the devil does want to steal and kill and destroy. And that battle rages every second of every single day. It rages right now as you sit here. He's trying to pull your mind away from this moment. He's trying to distract you with certain things. He wants to bring up cynicism in your heart and keep you from what God wants for you. It rages later on today when you have a disagreement with your spouse and you just start getting filled with rage. The battle rages when you are clicking away over on this porn site later on this evening. The battle rages when you look at your body in the mirror tomorrow morning. The way that you view yourself. The spiritual battle rages. Come, Holy Spirit, come. That's our prayer as a church. Number four is this. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but we are serious about Jesus. This is a big deal for us as a church family is that um, we don't want to take ourselves too seriously. Ecclesiastes chapter two says a person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see is from the hand of God for without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? Do you know that God created joy? Do you know that God created laughter and and fun and and enjoyment? And do you know that God wants you to open that gift and enjoy the things that he gives you? It's like on Christmas Day when my kids opened the presents and they took joy in their presents. I'm so glad they didn't just push them back up under the tree and go, oh no, we've got to be very quiet and silent right now. No, they ran to their room and they opened the presents and they played with them and they laughed and they had fun. And it gave me joy to see them being filled with joy. Listen, God wants you to be filled with joy. And that means like we can't take ourselves too seriously. We got to be careful about that. There is such a tendency in the church to be like, okay, I, I follow Jesus now. No more fun. That, that is not, it's not spiritual to not have fun. I just want you to know that. To avoid laughter, to avoid enjoying yourself. And I mean, God gave us so much to enjoy in this life. Like there is something deeply spiritual about a smoked pulled pork sandwich. 
on a cold winter day in Alaska, man, I just tell you what, something spiritual about that. God loves it. When we enjoy the things he gave us, you know, we, we had snow indoors on Christmas Eve just for the fun of it. It was bubbles, but it looked like snow indoors on Christmas Eve. Why? Because it's fun, right? We just, we just blew stuff up for Jesus on New Year's Eve. That was amazing. And, and, and it's just such a blessing to be able to do that. And some people are like, what's so spiritual about explosions? It's just fun, right? And it's a way to show our city that we love them. You know, Luke 14 talks about the kingdom of God like a party. Like a party that we just invite the whole world to. And, and he talks about it in the, in the sense that the, the people who show up to the party will be the needy and the poor and the broken. And the ones that won't show up to the party are the religious. They're going to miss out on the party because they don't know how to have fun. They don't know how to enjoy what God has given them. They don't, they, don't see, they don't see God in the enjoyment of life. But man, when you begin to take joy and turn it into worship, that's something that can actually grow you and grow your relationship with God. So what if you took your enjoyment and turned it into praise? You said, man, praise God for the fun thing. Praise God for bacon. Praise God for pulled pork sandwiches and explosions and all the fun things that we get to do. Praise God for those things. And I think that's something God wants us to do is not take ourselves too seriously, but be extremely serious about following Jesus. And I'm, here's a little bit of a caveat, because we do live in a world that lives for the next experience. It sort of goes from emotional high to emotional high or pleasure to pleasure. But here's kind of the important distinction, is we as a church family, we want to have fun, but pursue Jesus, okay? We don't want to pursue fun and have some Jesus, we want to have some fun, but ultimately we are going after Jesus. We want to pursue the things of God and, and, and submit to the things of God in our lives. Number five says our vision and our values are not driven by social norms or cultural movements, but by the word of God. This is so important, I think, because I think a lot of churches are going off the rails right now because, because they haven't come back to the scriptures. And this is something that, again, if you stick around here at ACF, we will always have the Word of God involved. We will always be sharing the Word of God, unpacking the Word of God. And, and every week's going to be a little different. Some weeks I'll take a text and I'll do more like an expository sermon where I go verse by verse by verse. In other weeks, like this week, we're going to bounce around a little bit. But the whole point is these statements are not simply little catchy phrases for us to remember. They are based on the Word of God. They're based on things that God is calling us Two. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, this is one of the areas that modern science is catching up with the Bible in that we've realized that, and most people would acknowledge this, even people who don't believe in God, that what you focus your mind on is ultimately what you become. And Romans, Romans 12 had it before modern science did. It's this idea of renewing your mind. It, because here's what's gone on, is that when sin entered the world, it's like our minds got wires crossed. It's like there's wires that are crossed in our minds and things aren't working like they're supposed to. So when we sin, it's us acting in a way that, that isn't congruent with how God designed us. 
So what we want to do is renew our mind. Let God rewire the way that we think, and the way that happens is through the Word of God. The Word of God speaks to us. The Holy Spirit then illuminates the Word of God and inspires us, and then we can begin to live different because now we believe different about the world. That's what Romans 12 is saying. Hey, we got to renew our minds. What that means is we want to always be connecting with people but not conforming to the world. Jesus was always connecting, but never conforming, right? He was always with people. He's always loving people, spending time with people, but he never conformed to the patterns of the world. He was, he was never uh, walking into that temptation. And so we want to be aware of that. We want to be grounded in the word of God, never conforming. And, and we need the word so that we can compare things, right? As you see a worldview being presented to you or hear one in a movie, that you're watching and music that you're listening to, you should be able to go, well, is it true? Is it right? I'll do this a lot of times as a dad, and I'm sure my kids are just, they get driven nuts by it. But we'll be listening to a song, and I'll go, I'll I'll crank it down. What do you think about that? And of course, like any 14-year-old, my daughter's like, Dad, it's just a cool song. You know, like, let me listen to it. But I'm like, no, 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 what's the worldview that's being presented by this song? You know, and we'll, we'll have a great conversation about it. Because you're being blasted with worldviews all day long. How do you know if it's true? Only if you know the Word of God. Only if you come back to something that is consistent and not changing with our cultural norms. And so we want to be a church grounded in the Word. It's why every week I, uh, I have a, a team meeting, a sermon team meeting, where I get together with other teachers um, in our church, and we actually talk about the Scriptures. And I'll say, hey, here's a, here's a text for the week. Here's the concept. What do you guys think? And it's so good because I get different perspectives on these things, but it also keeps me grounded because any of us can read the word and go off the rails if it's just us. But the Bible is actually meant to be studied in community. I don't know if you know that. It's meant to be studied with other people so that you can actually understand it deeper and not end up with a misunderstanding of the word of God. And so that's what we seek to do as a church. Next one is this. We see criticism from the religious as an evidence of impact. So this kind of comes from somewhere deep in my soul where I've always felt that if you're loved by the the, the hurting and the needy and the poor and and maybe criticized by the religious, you're starting to look like Jesus. Does that make sense? Because Jesus, he was loved by the hurting and the poor, criticized by the religious. But if you're loved by the religious and the hurting and the poor, they kind of avoid you it probably means you look more like a Pharisee. And so we have to kind of look at our lives and maybe even look at your recent phone calls and recent texts and go like, who is reaching out to me? Is there anyone who's hurting that reaches out to me? Is there anyone who's in need that reaches out to me? Or is my text stream all through full of people that simply believe what I believe, are in the same life stage that I'm in, and are in the same position that I'm in in life right now? And I think if we're honest, ACF, I want to warn us that we don't isolate ourselves from the needs of this world. That we'd be careful about that. And that we'd realize that if we don't isolate ourselves, there will be criticism from the religious sometimes. People will look at you and go, what are you doing? I would never be caught around that person or these people. But it turns out that's exactly what got Jesus killed. That's exactly what got Jesus in the position is he claimed to be the Messiah and he shows up to the world to be caring for the needy and the poor and the hurting. And they didn't really like that so much. Matthew 12, 9 says, going on from that place, this is Jesus, it says he went into their synagogue 
And a man with a shriveled hand was there looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored just as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. So once again, the Pharisees, they'd added rules on top of rules. They took the law of Moses and then added 600 plus rules on top of those, those rules. And so they wanted to create a lot of rules to follow, right? And that's what religion does. Religion's always got another rule for your life. Religion always is skeptical of the miraculous. That was what was going on. The miraculous happened before their eyes, and they're like, we should kill this guy. Religious people are always threatened by freedom. If you live in freedom, they're like, no, don't live too free. They're threatened by grace, so not too much grace. No, these things are good things, and we want all of them because they are what propel life change. Grace and freedom lead us to change. Religious people are are always, this is interesting that I wrote down, always uh, scared of a slippery slope. Like, don't, be careful, don't do that, because that's a slippery slope. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus pretty much did his old ministry on a slippery slope. I mean, like, hanging out with tax collectors and prostitutes. Imagine this. He's sitting, and a, and a woman of the night is washing his feet with her hair, right? Just, like, weeping. And, and I mean, you could be like, well, that's kind of sensual, Jesus. I don't know if you should do that, Jesus, you know? And Jesus cares for those people. And, and so... Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Don't isolate from the people that Jesus would show up and love. Don't isolate from the people that Jesus has come to save. And at the same time, know your limits, right? If you're an alcoholic, don't be like, I'm down in Anchorage doing bar ministry to the alcoholics. Like, right? No, you're just drinking too much. Don't, don't do that. I mean, know your limitations. But at the same time, I, just, I want us to be aware as a church, if you're a believer in this room, and I know not everybody is, but if you're a Christian here today, that there is a tendency to isolate yourself from the very people God has calling you to share the gospel with. That you would isolate yourself from the mission just because you're scared of a slippery slope. I believe that God will give you the strength to do the things he calls you to do. So be aware of yourself, but don't live in fear. We were not called to live in fear. God does not give us a spirit of fear, right? And so we want to be bold with the gospel. And I'll close with this one, number seven is that we are big thinkers, image bearers, mission mobilizers, miracle facilitators, and we'll bet our lives on what God is doing. So the question is, what are you betting your life on? As you look at your life, you look at your time, your energy, what are you betting your life on? What does it look like you're betting your life on? If you've ever played poker, you know there's a moment when somebody goes, I'm all in. They just push all their chips across the table. And they do that because they believe that what's in their hand is a winning hand. And they're like, this is worth betting everything on. And I wonder, the question for you is, would you say that about the kingdom of God? Would you say about what, that about what God is doing here in Eagle River? Would you say that about what God is doing through our church family? Is it worth betting everything on? And go, I'm just going to be all in. Here's a question, what are you giving to? Because what we give to ultimately is what we are betting on, right? And here's the thing, like, and I know some of you, you're like, you're new to ACF. Trust me, as we talk about money, I'm not asking for anything from you. Don't feel any pressure. But some of you, I I would bet in 20, 
22, one of your goals was get closer to God. I would, be, I would hope, okay, a bunch of Christians in the room, I'd hope some of you are nodding your head like, yes, one of my goals in 2022 is to get closer to God. When Jesus talks about our finances, he says, where your money goes, there your heart goes also, okay? So here's the deal, and I've learned this the hard way in my life. I've learned it because I have greed in my heart that I've had to just acknowledge to God and go, God, I don't, I don't trust you sometimes, and God gave me an extremely generous wife who keeps me grounded, praise God. Uh, if she sees a need, she just gives to it. And I'm like, okay, that's good. We should. So I just defer to her. But here's the deal. If Jesus says, where your money goes, there your heart goes also. And you're here today and you're going, I want to be closer to Jesus, but I don't want to be generous with my finances. That's insane. Because it's like saying, I want to lose some weight in 2022, but I'm not ever going to work out. I want to become a really good reader in 2022, but I'm not going to buy any books. It's insane. Jesus says, literally, do you want, because some of you, and I've talked about this before, you're already checking your crypto account during church because that's where your money's at. So guess what your focus is on? Your investments. That's what we all do. So what if you invested in the kingdom of God that way? What if it was consuming your mind in the morning? What if it's what you worried about sometimes? What if it's what drove you was, what is God doing? Business people, when it, when it comes to investments, they use a term um, that, that's, that's uh, ROI. What's ROI mean? Return on investment. Is there a better ROI than the kingdom? I mean, come on. I mean, is anything else going to last? Is that, are you going to take anything else with you? And this is such a hard one, but we want to be big thinkers, image bearers, mission mobilizers, and miracle facilitators. And to do that, we have to bet our lives. We have to put ourselves out there and be willing to just trust God. And I want you to know, if you're like, man, I've just been waiting until um, I make a little bit more money to be generous, um, it does not get easier the more you have. Some of you know that from experience. That, it, that the more you have in the bank account, actually it becomes harder to give. That's why the Bible's full of stories and Jesus uh, you know, has the woman with the, with the might, right? She gives just what she has. And that's all that God is calling you to do is just to be faithful to do what you're called to to do? What are you betting your life on? Ultimately, what we bet our lives on is what we think will win. What we think is the most important thing we will bet our lives on. Philippians 3.19, I think, is a warning. It says, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. I'm convicted by that just after the holidays. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. There can be a tendency to just worship whatever makes me feel good in the moment instead of having an eternal perspective on the things that I have so that I can mobilize what God is doing. And I love that so many of you are a part of that. Like you get to, you get to see explosions on New Year's Eve and be like, I paid for like one 754th of that explosion right there. Like that was, that was partly me. You know, you get to take joy in that. When you see God at work, you get to embrace it in a different way than somebody who shows up to just kind of watch things happen. What is success for you? this next year? Have you fallen into the trap of pursuing your own success on earth instead of God's kingdom? And it's okay to build the business and it's okay to pursue the career and go after those things when Jesus is at the center of your life. Are you climbing up the ladder of success right now? I heard somebody say it this way this week, that the rungs of the ladder of success get farther apart the higher up you go. 
I'll say that again. The rungs of the ladder of success get farther apart the higher up you go. Some of you have learned this the hard way. You kept on climbing. You kept on trying to find, find fulfillment. You never found it. It got harder and harder and harder. And the reason is you were never meant to find peace in your own glory. You were never meant to find success in your own glory. And the, the reality is we will all stand at some point before God and probably what we're going to say is something like, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. And we won't, we won't think at all about what we focused on here on earth. You see, I know this is a lot of stuff and it might seem like a lot of good ideas, but I want to come back to what this is all about with Luke chapter 2, which is a Christmas text. And it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Good news. You see, Jesus is good news, not good advice. This is some good advice, but ultimately it comes from the good news of Jesus. You can't do any of this stuff unless you believe in Jesus, unless you believe that Christ has actually come to the earth, conquered sin and death, made a way for you to relate to a God that loves you. And then ultimately, the work is done. And good advice isn't bad, but the purpose of good advice is to help us experience and express the good news. And that's what we want to do. If I were to boil down all of these things, it's that we want to experience and express the good news of Jesus to the world. And as I think about last words, and again, I think every week, I don't know if I'm going to see some of you ever again. And I just, I don't know if you're ever going to come back to church. I don't know. Every week we say this as a team, keeps us focused, is that every single week at ACF is somebody's last week at church. It's your last ditch effort of like, man, I just, I, I thought I'd give it a shot. You know, that, that first Sunday of the new year, you know, I thought I'd try going to church. We know that this could be your last moment. And so we want to, that's why I want to bring it back to Jesus. But I was thinking about some last words I've had in my life. I actually remember um, my grandfather, who was a big influence on my life, um, spent every summer with him growing up. And as he was getting older, he's a farmer, and he was working with some cattle, and he actually, he fell down in one of the stalls and hit his head. His brain started bleeding, and uh, I got the phone call, and they're like, he's not doing well. And he actually lived for a while after that, and he wasn't the same, though, you know? Like, he just wasn't the same. And I, I, at one point, I'm like, I just got to call him, and I didn't want to call him because I knew the conversation wasn't going to be like it typically was, and I remember I called him and I, I, I said some things, some last words. I was like, hey, you know I love you and I'm so grateful for your investment in my life and you just have meant so much to me. And I remember getting off the phone and going, man, that, it just wasn't enough. It just, those, those words weren't enough. And I just felt like God said to me that last words aren't what it's all about. It's about what he meant to you and what you meant to him. It's about the life that you lived together. And the truth is, do you know that Jesus, he had some last words. What were they? Anybody remember? That's right. It is finished. Jesus' last words were, it is finished. And those words would have meant nothing had he not lived the life he lived. Jesus lived perfect and holy. He did everything we couldn't do. And when he said, it is finished, he meant the sacrifices are over. The striving is over. The trying to please God is over. He is pleased with you because of me. It is finished. You can live in peace with God. And that's the invitation. That's the good news for you today. So I don't know what your next step is, but I want to encourage you to grab your 
card here. This is our action steps here. If you want to find these on your seat somewhere, you can. This is something we do as a church if you're brand new. Um, we do this every week, by the way. And just tear this off the bottom. And we do this because it's really easy to leave church and not do anything with what is said. It's, we're all tempted to do that. And so we want to take a step and I just want you to consider checking one of these boxes and drop this in the basket on the way out with your phone number. And we're going to text you this week and just be praying for you. That's all. And we're going to text you a reminder that just says, hey, this is what God did in your heart this week. We're praying this for you. just want to encourage you. So maybe your first step is just to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe as I talked about putting your chips in, you said, yeah, I've put some of my chips in, but not all of them. The Bible talks about salvation as the moment that you rest your life on Christ. That's what faith is. It's when you allow the weight of your life to be on Christ. And so maybe you've been like, I put some chips in, but not all my chips in. Salvation comes when you put all your chips in. It's the moment when you're like, I trust you with everything. So maybe today you're like, man, that's, that's me. I got to do that. Maybe you're going to read the ACF manifesto daily this week. Maybe you're like, I need some vision for 2022. So uh, that's just kind of what I called that statement, that vision statement for us as a church. And that's all on the ACF Church app, by the way. If you want to open up the app and go to the notes for today, it's, it's in there and you can get to that. Maybe you're going to share your testimony this week. Share your Jesus story with somebody. It's so cool. That's, a, that's one of the best tools you have because nobody can argue with it. You just say, this is what God has done for me. And that is so powerful. And maybe for you, you just need to make a commitment to be part of a church family. Uh, the statistics right now after COVID are that people show up to church about once a month. Maybe you're like, this was my once. But I want to encourage you, maybe come back next week for the series, Search History. It's going to be great. And uh, honestly, I think it's going to help you to lean in, just to, to be with community. Like I said, to be fully known and fully loved means to just be consistently around people that can fully know and love you. Would you stand up? I want to pray for us. Father, thank you so much for today and for this moment that we have together and for the opportunity that we have to speak about good things in a world where there's just so much bad and so much uh, bad news happening. God, thank you that there is good news. Father, I pray just that you inspire us this year as we come into a new year. Give Give us goals that mean something. Give us a vision for something bigger than our own kingdoms, God. I pray that we'd be able to put all our chips in. I know we can't do that in our own strength. We need your Holy Spirit to convict us, to show us maybe where we've bought into a lie, where we've been paralyzed by fear, or where we just haven't believed you for what you say. So God, could, could this be a year where we believe you in a new way? We trust you in a new way. And I want to pray for the man or woman here today who just needs to understand grace. God, that in all of the ideas and all of the vision for moving forward, we know it all comes from this security that we have, that we are saved by grace alone. I pray that you would impart that upon somebody's heart here this morning. We love you. We're so excited about what's to come this year, Jesus. Pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for watching this message from ACF Church. Uh, We hope it's encouraged you and challenged you to be more like Jesus and to walk with him in a closer and more profound way. If you'd like to give to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so at the link on the screen or at acfak.org. We love you and we'll see you next week.